Welcome to the Emergency Management Network Podcast, the trusted voice in emergency management, brought to you with support of the Blue Cell, providing in-person and virtual incident command system, consequence management training, and exercises, and people like you. The Emergency Management Network is making some changes. The Todd DeVoe Show is, is now only on the Emergency Management Network, and you can find events that are happening around the world in one location. You can also check out the great author series hosted by Mark Baker. Well, now let's get into it. Natural and technical hazards are effective life, and disasters can strike any time. The frequency and severity of these events are on the rise, and they can cause significant losses of life, property damage, and economic disruption. In recent years, we have seen hurricanes and wildfires and earthquakes and floods and other disasters affect communities around the world. While focusing on local loss reduction is essential, it is time to adopt a broader approach that considers the global context of these hazards, environmental sustainability, and social resiliency. The current approach to hazard mitigation focuses on reducing immediate risks and losses within a particular community or region. However, this approach is often ineffective because it fails to consider the broader context of the hazards. So, for example, while a hurricane strikes a coastal town, the immediate response may be evacuating residents and securing buildings and preparing for flooding. While these measures are essential, they do not address the underlying causes of hurricanes, such as climate change, deforestation, and ocean warming. And similarly, when an earthquake hits a city, the immediate response may be to search for survivors, treat the injured, and repair the damaged structure. However, these efforts do not address the underlying causes of the earthquake damage, such as land use practices and geological instability where homes are built. To address these underlying causes, we need to adopt a revised framework linking natural hazards in the global context, environmental sustainability, and social resiliency. And this new approach would consider the complex interconnections between natural hazards and the environment, economy, and society, and it aims to reduce the vulnerability of these communities to these hazards by addressing the root cause of the problem rather than just the symptoms. And it would recognize the natural hazards are not just local problems, but global challenges to that require a coordinated and collective response. The first step in this revised framework is to link natural hazards to the global context. And when natural hazards become disasters, they're not isolated events, often are part of the larger environmental process. So for example, hurricanes that are often fueled by warm ocean waters, which are affected by global warming. And similarly, wildfires are often a result of a combination of factors, including drought, land use practices, and climate change. And by linking natural hazards to the global context, we can better understand the underlying causes of these events and take steps to address them. And the second step in the revised framework is to link natural hazard mitigation to environmental sustainability. And hazards are often a result of environmental degradation, such as deforestation, soil erosion, and air pollution. And promoting environmental sustainability can reduce the likelihood of the severity of the impact of these natural disasters. So, for example, reforestation can help prevent soil erosion and landslides, commonly that happen after heavy rains. And similarly, reducing the greenhouse gas emissions can help mitigate the impact of the climate change, which 
causes more frequent and severe natural disasters. This revised framework, third step, is linking natural hazards to society resiliency. Social resiliency refers to community's ability to cope with and recover from natural disasters, and promoting social resiliency can reduce the impact of the disasters on people's lives and livelihood. So, for example, building more resilient infrastructure, such as storm shelters or earthquake-resistant buildings, can help communities better withstand these natural disasters. So to make these revised framework a reality, we need to modify hazard mitigation efforts to be compatible with this new vision. We must shift our focus from short-term reactive measures to long-term proactive solutions. We must invest in the research and development to better understand the underlying causes of natural hazards and develop effective strategies for reducing their impact. We must collaborate across sectors and borders to address the global nature of disasters. We need to prioritize the needs and perspective of vulnerable communities, such as low-income populations, indigenous groups, and marginalized communities who are often disproportionately affected by natural disasters. And one way to modify hazard mitigation efforts is to adopt a more holistic and integrated approach to the disaster risk reduction. And this approach recognizes that natural hazards are just one aspect of a complex and interconnected system, including social, economic, and environmental factors. It seeks to address the root cause of disaster risks, such as poverty, inequity, and environmental degradation, and to build resilience on all levels of society. It also recognizes that disaster risk reduction is a continuous process that requires ongoing efforts and collaboration. Another way to modify hazard mitigation efforts is to embrace new technologies and innovative solutions. Technology can play a critical role in mitigating the impact of natural hazards by providing early warning systems, improving communication and coordination among responders, and enhancing the resilience of infrastructure and buildings. For example, remote sensing and satellite imagery can help predict the path and intensity of hurricanes. In contrast, artificial intelligence and machine learning can help identify vulnerable communities and prioritize response efforts. Similarly, new materials and construction techniques can help create buildings and infrastructure more resilient to natural disasters. Finally, we must modify hazard mitigation efforts by engaging with diverse stakeholders and promote public participation. Natural hazards affect everyone, and everyone has a stake in reducing their impact. By involving various stakeholders, including government agencies, private sector actors, civil society organizations, and community members, we can build a more comprehensive and effective approach to hazard mitigation. We can promote public participation by providing information, education, and outreach to help people better understand the risks and the steps that they need to take to reduce their vulnerability. It is time for our nationwide evolutionary shift in coping with natural and technical hazards by universally adopting goals broader than just the local risk reduction. This requires a revised framework that links natural hazards to the global context, environmental sustainability, and social resiliency, and modify hazard mitigation efforts compatible with that new vision. And by adopting a more holistic and integrated approach, embracing new technologies and involving solutions and engaging with diverse stakeholders and promoting public participation, we can build a more resilient and sustainable future for all. If you go to the EMN Substack, you'll find a checklist there that'll help you develop your holistic approach. 
Thank you so much for spending time with me today. It's always great to have you here. And if you'd like to learn more about what we're doing, go to emnmedia.com or go to the EMN Substack and subscribe today. We'd love to have you as a member. And until next week, please stay safe and stay hydrated.